This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Smoses Yaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 23rd of August. In your Squiz today, protests as COVID cases climb. An update on Afghanistan. Malaysia's new Prime Minister. And bring on the Paralympics. This is your Squiz today. It was another heavy weekend of COVID news, especially for New South Wales, Clare, which recorded 830 new cases yesterday. That's the most on a single day in Australia since the beginning of the pandemic. And as many in New South Wales would already know, new restrictions are coming into play today. Things have also tightened in Victoria too. The entire state went into lockdown on Saturday and another 126 new infections were reported there over the weekend. With lockdowns in the areas looking like they'll be around for some time, thousands of anti-lockdown protesters took to the streets across the country over the weekend. Yeah, and that was really concerning, particularly in Melbourne. Police there said they were confronted by some of the most violent scenes that they've had in a protest in recent memory. 4,000 people there clashed with police in the CBD. Uh, In Sydney, officials said that 250 people were fined for gathering to demonstrate. Uh, What happened in Sydney was that uh, more than a thousand police gathered to check cars going into the CBD. They said that they stopped 38,000 cars uh, on Saturday to check that. Uh, And the rage continued yesterday on the New South Wales-Queensland border. Uh, There are travel restrictions in place there from New South Wales into Queensland. Uh, What a thousand protesters there uh, were demonstrating against were those restrictions restrictions as well as vaccinations. So some pretty heady scenes on the weekend. Prime Minister Scott Morrison, for his part, said that he knows that those restrictions have taken a heavy toll on Australians, but things are going to get better. Yeah, he said they're necessary for now until we start hitting that 70 to 80% vaccinations mark. That, of course, is the target agreed by National Cabinet, where we might be able to say goodbye to those lockdowns. Yeah, and remember the Doherty Institute did some modelling around what it looked like once we hit that 70 and 80% vaccination rates. Uh, What that model said was that restrictions could start to be lifted once we get to 70% and we could largely go back to a COVID normal anyway at about 80%. Uh, Some state leaders are concerned uh, that if we have high case numbers when we get to those sort of vaccination rates that the modelling isn't true. But what Prime Minister Morrison said yesterday is that the starting point doesn't ultimately uh, alter the conclusions of the modelling. So there's some discussions to be had about what it looks like if there are high case numbers once we get to those sorts of rates of vaccination. Yeah, an update on that will be provided by the Institute to National Cabinet on Friday. Those meetings are always interesting. As for where things are at on the vaccination numbers front, as of yesterday, 30% of Aussies over 16 years old are fully vaccinated and 52.3% have had at least one dose. To the situation in Afghanistan now, Claire, it's been a week since the Taliban took control of the country and thousands of people are still trying to flee. 
That's something that's concerning European leaders. They're worried that the current crisis in Afghanistan could see large numbers of refugees and migrants flee to Europe. They're very concerned, reports say, that what could happen with migrants and refugees coming out of Afghanistan, it could be like when thousands of people fled Syria during the civil war, particularly that wave of migrants that happened in 2015. To prevent that, what European Union officials are pressing those national leaders to do is to support humanitarian efforts in Afghanistan. They say that the best chance of keeping people where they are is to support them in that region. And certainly the United Nations say that there's going to be a complete humanitarian disaster uh, if food and shelter and medical supplies aren't provided as soon as possible. As for Australia's evacuation efforts, since mid last week, more than 550 people, including Aussies and Afghan visa holders, have now been evacuated from the capital, Kabul. From Afghanistan to Malaysia, where there is a new Prime Minister, Ismail Sabri Yaqub was sworn in over the weekend, Claire, after a chaotic few months. It means the return of Malaysia's longest governing political party, the United Malays National Organisation. They were in power for over 60 years before losing an election back in 2018. Claire, I know this is your jam, so enough from me. Over to you. <laughs> it sounds like, Larissa, you could have caught the Malaysian politics bug too. <laughs> I think we all have. <laughs> it's quite an interesting part of the world when it comes to politics. As you say, the main party had been in power there for years and years and years and things really were turned upside down in 2018 and since then it has really been quite chaotic. But what has happened over the weekend is that the king uh, has given power to that dominant party. We'll see whether things settle down now, but they're still expected to govern in coalition and that's going to be very difficult, particularly with uh, some very pressing issues like really damaging and high rates of COVID. Yeah, the COVID situation in Malaysia is fairly serious. New infections in the country have more than doubled since June, bringing its total to over 1.5 million cases and more than 13,000 deaths. I think the whole Squiz team is as invested in Malaysian politics as you are now, Claire. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> on Friday, we talked on the podcast, Claire, about social media giant Facebook and its first quarterly report on the most viewed posts in the US. There was a bit of confusion when the report came out as to why it only had information from April to June. Turns out Facebook had prepared a similar report for the first three months of the year, but they decided not to share it with the public. And that's because at the top of the list, the most viewed link was an article that suggested that the coronavirus vaccine had killed a doctor in Florida. And when the PR people got a hold of it, they said that that wasn't going to be a particularly good result. Um, The other issue is that in the top 20 pages viewed uh, was that of an anti-China and right-wing conspiracy theorist outfit, the Epoch Times. So there was some very difficult things for Facebook to handle if they were going to put that into the public domain. Uh, What its spokesperson said is that they needed to get fixes to the system in place before they released that information, things like making sure that misinformation about the coronavirus weren't widely spread. But certainly critics say that it really is a window into the way Facebook operates, but also the sort of content that's being shared. Yeah, and Facebook has this year faced a lot of criticism about misinformation around coronavirus vaccines being shared on its platform. 
For its part, it said it will take down false information about COVID. And last week, it said it had already removed over 18 million pieces of misinformation since the start of the pandemic. After a massive medal haul from our Aussies at the recent Olympics, and with millions of Aussies in lockdown, Claire, safe to say the Paralympics couldn't come soon enough. Luckily, the wait is almost over. How good is it going to be? Can't wait for the Paralympics. I reckon I've probably watched a bit of the Paralympics in the past, truth be told, but I'm really looking forward to these. They're going to be on constant play, certainly at my place. Uh, They're starting on Tuesday with the opening ceremony. Competition starts on Wednesday and it continues until Sunday, the 5th of September. So we're going to get a good 10 days of really great sport. Uh, What is riding along with the Paralympics is a new campaign called called We The 15. It's a worldwide push to end discrimination uh, faced by people with disabilities who make up about 15% of the global population. Uh, It's being backed by some really prominent para-athletes like Ellie Cole and Kurt Fernley. Uh, And what basically the campaign says is don't feel sorry for people with disabilities. They're just human like all of us. Yeah, the ad is awesome. I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. Claire, while we're on the topic, it seems as good an opportunity as ever to plug our squiz shortcut on the Paralympics. That's out today. Yeah, what we've done is have a chat to the Sport Today podcast team. They've done a really great shortcut on the Paralympics, uh, how it works, all those categories and exactly the machinations of those sports, but also who to watch. So it's a good one to get across it. Yeah, it's a really good one. The team at Sport Today have done a great job on that. That's all from us today. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll be back with you tomorrow. now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer.